guys, welcome to another episode of Dub Weekly Podcast. We have finally got everything sorted out on our new format. We have got us a new little place situated to where we can sit down and, and record this podcast. And I'm hoping that we can have some co-host on. I'm hoping we can have some interviews with uh, various people. And I'm hoping we can tell stories that you want to hear. And I hope we do it in a entertaining way, but yet we want to be respectful when we cover stories that are, you know, dealing with people and their loved ones and, and death and, and mayhem and tragedies and things like that. So I won't go into the spiel of, of boring everybody to death with do this, do that, do this. We're going right into it. Um, this, this episode, you know, I'm sure if you haven't been hiding in a rock somewhere, you've heard of Alex Murdoch and his, uh, his trials with his, uh, you know, fraudulent, uh, fraud cases, his theft, his wire fraud, all that shit. And, uh, you know, his, uh, wife and son were murdered and now he's been charged with that and his trial has, uh, you know, been going on with that and it's, it's concluded, it's over. Um, uh, and they found him guilty of murder. So what I want to talk about today is I don't want to go too far in depth on, the whole Murdoch, Alex Murdoch story as far as his previous sins and all the, because we could do, you could do a whole show just on that and people have, and it's, it's wonderful. I want to give a shout out to, to Matney, Mandy Matney. She's really the one really that broke this open, honestly, because if, you know, Alec Murdoch kept uh, having these tragedies happen in his life that kept pushing back the fraud case. And uh, she's the one that really uncovered it. But what I want to touch on today is what I feel like convicted Alec Murdoch in the murder murder trial of his wife and son. Um, where's your phone right now? But it's either in your hand, listen to this podcast, it's in your pocket, it's right next to you. I almost guarantee it. Our cell phones have become such a need for us all, we forget that they're even there at times. You know, and what you don't realize is they're tracking your every step, your stroke, every movement, your search, and especially where that phone goes. When you go, and maybe even how you go. But we don't realize the information that these basic little computers that are in our pockets store about our daily lives. We don't think about our lungs breathing the same way we just don't think about that cell phone being in our pocket it's there it's always there if we don't have it we feel naked um computers are everywhere your phone your house i mean even the little gadgets you use and especially your vehicle a newer vehicle some are even equipped with gps and i think sometimes that slips our mind we forget how advanced these cars are that when we get in them we don't realize that GPS will tell you where you started, when you put it in gear, how fast you drove, how 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 it was when you hit the brake, how many times you hit the brake, and so on and so forth. So in the heat of a crime, possibly, I think criminals tend to forget this, and I don't know if it's a lack of planning or just not comprehending or understanding the technology, or are we so 
used to the cell phone and what it does in our daily life that we just forget it's there. Because this, in my opinion, really told the story of where Alec Murdoch was and, and what he was doing and made it such a way that, now, I'm not saying that this technology said, hey, th this guy done this and it shows him doing it. No. But what they were able to do is make this timeline so tight that they made it almost impossible for anybody else to be responsible for the murder. So, was he thinking? Was he curious about his phone? I think he was. Did he think it all the way through? It doesn't look, it doesn't appear to be. But, you know, you can't, I can't get in his mind right now because I have such a hard time with him killing his son and wife, but especially his son. You know, you all go on, you see husband and wives. That's the first suspect, but uh, your own flesh and blood son or daughter, uh, people can't wrap their minds around that. It's very hard for him to do that. And I watched his testimony and I watched his interviews and I felt like that he had genuine pain and anguish. And it really conflicted me. It really conflicted me on who Alex Murdoch was. Was he just so narcissistic and so above the law that he didn't even think an investigation would take place? That they would just take him for his word just because that's what everybody's done for all these years? The do they know who I am syndrome? I'm sure you know who Alec Murdoch is. And I bet he sits in that cell and relives every decision that he made over the past 10 years that led him to where he's at now. <clears throat> I just wonder what a person, you had to feel an enormous amount of pressure. If we'll, play, we'll, we'll say he's, they said he's guilty, so we're just going to assume that he's guilty here in this podcast. Now, I can give you the information that I find, but man, I still, it's so hard for me to get over that hump of him killing his son. I felt his pain when he, when he spoke. I just did. And, I mean, I've been wrong about a lot. So I, but we're going to assume that, you know, he's guilty. They put on a, a decent case as far as circumstantial case. I mean, there's no smoking gun. There's no murder weapon. There's no fingerprints. There's no blood. There's no DNA. There's none of that. But they, they laid it. And what I'm getting ready to show you here, they laid it. This, this shit blew my mind. You want to hear this. You want to hear this. I don't know. You may be following the case, but I have dug deep into find these little tidbits of information. This, what we're going to talk about today is the good old cell phone, the good old computer, the good old GPS. And the cell phones told the story. The cell phones convicted Alec Murdoch. That's my opinion. And right now, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the timeline. We're going to talk about the cell phone history. This is the weekly podcast. So the good old cell phone convicts again. You know, we forget about, like I was talking about our cell phone, we think of it as a, a damn lung or a heart or an arm. And it's what got Alec Murdoch. So what we know is on June the 7th, 2021, Alec Murdoch makes a 911 call says he found his wife and son shot 
and called 911. Now, let's lay out a little bit of why June the 7th is significant. We're going to do a little bit of back pedaling here to get to the murder. Alec Murdoch had been sued because Paul, the son that was murdered, had killed a girl in a boating accident back in 2019. Paul had been arrested. Paul had been charged. He was waiting, you know, trial or whatever they were doing. But that wasn't really what got the ball rolling with the downfall of Alec Murdoch. They sued him civilly, and he was going to be required to open up his financial records. Now, hindsight's 2020. We've come to find out later on that he had been stealing money from his clients for over a decade. He had stole millions of dollars from clients, the firm, bunch of people. He was struggling on pain pills. His life was unraveling. So he was doing everything in his power to keep that covered up. Now, at this point, June the 7th, no one knew anything really about it. But June the 10th, three days after the murder, was a hearing set, and Alex was going to have to open up his financial records for everyone to see his fraudulent activity and his life to be over as he knew it. So June the 7th, that phone call comes in, and that's really where I'm wanting to stay in this podcast. I want to talk to you about the the minutes, the seconds of everything that was going on that night. Now, you'll hear, like I said, you always hear paper rattling. I'm OG. I do the notes. I write it on paper. Okay, so I kind of give you a background of leading up to the murder of the, the June the 10th hearing. Um, I don't want to go into detail about that. We will on another podcast possibly. But that civil case, June the 10th, he's got to open his books up. He was royal. He would be royally fucked at this point. So that's significant, I think, in this. So June the 7th, 2021, the murders of Maggie and Paul happened. Um, now, this undoubtedly put that June the 10th hearing off, and no one really said anything else about it at this point. Uh, he's hanging on by a thread. This can be the only source of motive for me. The fact that he felt like that he, he was, <laughs> this is just my opinion. I, that This is be the only source of, of, of motive. And I think that's what the prosecution said was just the, the pressure of everything imploding on him was so great that caused him to do this. So we were leading up to, to June the 7th. Uh, I talked about the civil case, about Paul being charged. You know, the boating accident. Um, he, he's doing everything to hide his fraud. Uh, so we get to June the 7th. And I'm going to break this down for you here. So basically, the video, a video, Alex Murdoch says he was at home. He left to go visit his mom, comes back, finds his wife and son. Now, he was never at the kennels, he says. So, a video comes out showing Alec, Paul, and Maggie all at the kennels at 8.44 p.m. That's important. I'll tell you why here in just a minute.
I want to go into great detail here on the timeline. June the 7th. Now every, if I don't go back and say June the 7th, every time that I give here is June the 7th, the night of the murder. Law enforcement believe that Maggie and Paul were both killed around 8.50 p.m. Okay? Remember this. Shot and killed around 8.50 p.m. Give or take. A few minutes. Excuse me. Okay. So, at 7.56 p.m., Paul sends a Snapchat out with his father. They're out on the, on the, on the farm near the kennels at the house, riding ATVs or in a little side-by-side or whatever. And this Snapchat uh, picture, 7.56 p.m., shows Alec Murdaugh in like, tan pants, nice blue shirt, and like loafers. Remember that. Now, Maggie wasn't even coming out to, the, to this home or, or area, Moselle, they call it. Uh, but Alec had asked her to come out because he wanted to talk about something to do with his dad being terminally ill and sick and whatever. So she arrives at about 8.15 p.m., and this is about the time that they all kind of have dinner or have something to eat. Uh, I see movement on their phones. So I don't know if they're sitting down or, or whatever, but they've got it documented that at 8.15 dinner and Maggie arrives at the house. So now we have Maggie, Paul, and Alec all at the home at 8.15 p.m. Now, it looks like that around 8.30, Paul's phone is shown to be moving toward the kennel. Okay. Um, so we've got about a 13 or 14 minute window here of them being at the kennel, moving around, doing whatever they're doing. Because at 8.44 p.m., like I said, we have the video of Paul, Maggie, and Alec. Now, Alec, this puts Alex at the scene of the crime minutes before they were shot. This is according to the timeline of when they were killed. They're basing this off the fact that, um, at, let's see, bear with me. Alex, or, I'm sorry, Paul's phone and Maggie's phone locked within 5 to 30 seconds of one another at 8.48 p.m. So their phones were never unlocked again after 8.48 p.m. And both of them were prolific on their phones. So no phone activity as far as them unlocking, them sending texts, them answering, them doing anything on their phone after 8.48 p.m. So think about this. You got the video, 8.44, and then... Four minutes after that, their phone locks, never to be unlocked again. So from the numbers I found, it looks like that phone's, uh, Paul's phone locked at 849 with 0.1 second. Locked for the last time. Maggie's phone locked at 849.31 uh, phone locked for the final time. So that looks to me about like a 30 second difference. I've seen five seconds. I've, I've seen 30. But this, this is what I'm going with here at uh, 30 second difference roughly. Locked for the final time. Okay, so you see the importance of this 844 video. Without this 8, minute, 8, 8, 8 p.m., 8, 8.44, 8 o'clock in the afternoon, the evening of the murder, if that video is not there showing or hearing, you don't see him, you hear Alex in the background, 
That puts him at that crime scene within minutes of them being killed. So what do we know? Let's talk about it again. Because I know these numbers can get confusing. Alex wants Maggie to come to Moselle to discuss his dad that's sick. All right, we know Paul and Alex ride on ATVs around the property. Shows a Snapchat video of Alex wearing tan pants and blue shirt. This is all around 7.56 p.m. Maggie arrives, and they suppose they have some type of dinner. This is 8.15 p.m. Paul's phone is shown to be moving toward the kennels. This is around 8.30. From 8.30 to 8.44, we know that Paul, Alex, Maggie are all at the kennels. Video evidence, the 8.44 video. Maggie's phone and Paul's phone are locked for the last time around 8.49 within a 5 to 30 second time frame of each other. Now, between 8.53 and 8.55, Maggie's phone shows that it takes 59 steps. Now, that's just, you take that for what it is, that just is what it is. That could be several different things, I'm just telling you. Maggie's phone is also the only phone found a mile and a half from the crime scene. So, Alex Murdoch, his phone is completely quiet from 8 o'clock to around 9.02. Now, at 9.02, now keep in mind, this is all within minutes. We're talking 8.44, video of the dog tail. Everybody's happy? Okay, listen, people, listen. 8.44, everybody's cutting up, going on about a chicken in a fucking dog's mouth. Okay, we go from that to 8.49, everybody's phone's locked for the last time because they think everybody's shot dead. At 9.02, minutes later, Alex's phone comes to life. It shows him taking 283 steps in a four-minute period. They say that's about 70 per minute. I don't know if that's a lot. I don't know if that's a little. I don't know if that's normal. But he's on the move a little bit. 283 steps. That's from 9.02 to 9.06 p.m. All right. Now, at this point, 9.07, Alex Murdoch starts his Chevy Suburban, and it shows him drive about 42 to 45 miles per hour for the first mile and a half, two miles. Then... It starts to show him drive about 70, 70 plus mile per hour to his mother house. Now, while that's significant to prosecutors is Maggie's phone was found about a mile and a half away from the house. Prosecutors say that as he drove by this area, he drove by at about 45 mile an hour. And after he leaves this area or after his truck drive or car, whatever, drives by the area that the phone is found, it's after that he speeds up to 70. So they're saying he's going 45 mile an hour, tosses the phone out, and once he does that, boom, he's up to 70 mile an hour. Now, it shows Alec arriving at his mother's house around 9.22, okay? And he leaves at 9.43 p.m. That's 21 minutes at his mom's house. Now, on his GPS, it shows him driving back to Moselle from his mom's traveling over 80 mile per hour. Now, it shows him arriving back at the kennels at 10.05 p.m., getting out of the SUV, finding both Paul, Maggie, checking their pulse, and calling 911 in under 30 seconds. That's a lot to take in. From 8.44 p.m., we have the video of Alec, Paul, and Maggie going on with the dog. To basically 
9.07. Alex is leaving to go to his mom's. I'm going to break down Paul and Maggie's phone just a li in a little bit better detail and let you know what was going on with it. You can decide what you think about it. But right now, this timeline is awful tight. If you've got Alex there at 844, you've got them being murdered at 850. You've got him scrambling around at 902. Um, that's a pretty tight timeline. That doesn't give somebody other than him time to come in and commit these murders. From the time they're alive to the time that they're dead is less than 10 minutes, and that's being very lenient on the time for Alex. We're we'll going to take a quick break. We come back. I'm going to break down Paul and Maggie's phone and what what happened with it on the day of the murder. And uh, I'll give you that information and you can do what you will with it. This is the weekly podcast. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. I'm hoping this ain't confusing because, hell, I think I about confused myself on this shit. Recap real quick. 7.56 p.m. June 7th. All this is June 7th. Alec and Paul are together on the SUV or the ATV showing. Oh, oh shit. That's what I was going to tell you. In the in the body cam. Sorry. In the body cam video. When police arrive. After the 911 calls made. Alex Murdoch is seen in shorts, shirt, and tennis shoes. So different clothes. That doesn't mean anything necessarily. Because it's been hours since he was seen on video or picture at 756 in nicer clothes. He could have changed before he went to take a nap at the house, so he said. He could have changed, um, you know, before he went to his mom's. Or, I guess, they're saying he changed within, well, 7.56, he's riding with Paul. 8.15, Maggie, Paul, and Alec eat dinner. 8.30, they're all at the kennel. Uh, from 8.30 to 8.44, they're all hanging around the kennel. We know at 8.44, there's a video of Alec. There's a video with audio of Alec, Paul, and Maggie. We know that their phones lock at 8.49. Um, they think they were killed at 8.50 because Maggie's phone shows it takes 59 steps from 8.53 to 8.55. Uh, Alec's phone comes alive at 9.02 to 9.04, taking 283 steps, leaving the home at 9.07 to go to his mom's. So if he leaves at 9.07, they are murdered at 8.50 from 8, let's see, 8.50. So is he taking, at 9.02 to 9.04, he's got, maybe that's just when he turns his phone on and he starts to, to move, creating his alibi. Because I guess if they're murdered at 8.50 and... You know, he doesn't leave till 9.07, putting all that time together. That's 17 minutes he could have changed. Or if you just go back to the 9.02 p.m. time, that's 12 minutes for him to have changed and, and you know, whatever. It's a tight timeline, folks. I'm telling you. It, it blows my mind that from 8.44, they're going on about a dog and a chicken, to six minutes later, according to police... And the phone's going dead or, you know, being silenced or not unlocked again at 848 or 849. That's six minutes. Roughly. My God. 
All right, I've got, I'm going to pull up something here. Let's see if it's still, is that still recording? Can you still hear me? Check, 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 check. Check, check, check. You can still hear me good. Okay. Now, I took these photos off of Daily Mail. Now, Maggie Murdoch's timeline. She arrives, now bear with me. She arrives at the home, Moselle, about 8.15. 8.17, Maggie's phone is unplugged. 8.17 to 8.18, 38 steps is recorded. At 8.30 to 8.33, 40 steps recorded. At 8.31, a text to John Marvin to group. I plan to go visit Dad tomorrow afternoon. Is anyone else planning to go? At 8.31.16 seconds, Maggie reads, read on Maggie's phone, receives text, doesn't read till later. 8.49, so we go from 8.31, next activity, 8.49, display on, could be notification or someone picking up phone. 8.49.26 seconds, device unlocked. Two text message in group chat read on Maggie's phone. And then the ultimate. So at 849, 27 seconds, two text messages in a group chat read on Maggie's phone. Then we go 849.27, device locked until the next day. Boom. That's it. That's when the phone locks. So she was on her phone seconds before she was supposedly shot and killed. So it was a, I believe she didn't see it coming. Was Paul shot first? Did she hear the shots? Was she startled? Because look here, eight forty nine twenty seven. We got two text message uh, read on Maggie's phone, and then eight forty nine twenty seven device locks until the, for for the last time. We know at eight forty nine twenty six the device is unlocked. The device is unlocked at eight minute eight eight forty nine twenty six seconds. Okay, let's just look at the evidence. At eight fifty three, the display comes on. At eight fifty three, from eight fifty three to eight fifty nine, fifty nine steps on Maggie's phone is recorded. Uh, eight fifty four, in time for orientation, change from portrait, so somebody turned it to the side. Uh, change to portrait phone is picked up. Eight fifty four. Now we know at eight fifty four. Uh, the camera activates for one second, appears phone is attempting to unlock with face ID. Not successful, would have unlocked if it were Maggie trying to unlock it. That is crazy, the thought of Alec Murdoch taking her phone, holding it up to her face and trying to unlock it. It's crazy. At 8.54, the phone is changed to landscape again. Uh, 8.54, so 10 seconds later, changed to portrait. The phone is picked back up. At 9 o'clock to 9.02, activity shows step and distance traveled. At 9.06, orientation changed to portrait. Phone is lifted. 8.06 is a missed call from Alex. 8.06 stopped recording portrait mode, so it was back on its side. 9.06, missed call from Alex. 9.07, display on and off. 908, incoming text message from Alex. Going to check on mom. Be right back. Unread. Display comes on. Reason unknown. Text message from Rogan. Tell Paul to call me. Unread. Missed call from Alex. 945. I'm sorry, the text message from Rogan was 934. The display comes on. Reason unknown is 931. 
We have 1003 missed call from Alex. And we have text message from Alex to Maggie. Call me, babe, unread. This show's at 947, so this one's been early on. So if Alex was with her just at 944, would he not have told her that he's going to see Check on Mom, be right back at 908? We got him doing a little activity on his phone to her phone from the time he's driving to his mother's house. So now Paul, now let's look at this. Paul, Paul arrives at the home in the afternoon. He and his father spent at least an hour riding around on the ATV. That's what I was telling you about the 756 location or shit, 756 video on Snapchat. At 644, Location data entry with GPS coordinates were recording every few seconds related to Snapchat. At 6.54 to 7.03, 50 steps recorded. 7.14 to 7.22, 208 steps recorded. 7.25 to 7.34, 139 steps recorded. 7.35 to 7.41, 171 steps recorded. 7.45 to 7.55, 89 steps. 8.15 to 8.21, 140 steps recorded. That see that's during that dinner time. So that, that all kind of confuses me. They said the the 8:15 dinner because there's a lot of steps and movements. But you just take what you will. This information. Okay, now 8:29. Inc, uh, incoming text from Paul's friend Megan. Uh, you didn't send any movie recommendation. He reads the text at 8:29. Uh, then a few seconds later, outgoing text to Megan. Haha, I didn't have a good one. 829, a few seconds later, outgoing text to Megan. Wills might, 8.30. Incoming text from Megan, OMG. So you see how much Paul's using his phone here. 8.30, text read. No time given, outgoing text. Haha, just kidding. 8.32, incoming call from Robert Boya, rejected. Uh, 8.32 to 8.42, 283 steps recorded. That's odd because that's the number of steps recorded. I think on Alex's phone, but it was obviously 902 to 906. I wonder if that's how many steps it is from the kennel to the house. Oh, I didn't. So we know around 830, Paul goes to the kennel. So from 832 to 842, he's walking over to the kennel. It takes him 283 steps to get to the kennel. From 902 to 906, Alex is seen going from the kennel. This is if you take the 283 step thing. He's going 283 steps back to the house from the kennel. Interesting. Okay, 840. Outgoing call from Rogan answered. Lasted four minutes. This guy took the stand and testified to that. He heard Alex there. 842. Last steps recorded on Paul's phone. 844. Outgoing FaceTime to Rogan. Uh, FaceTime with Rogan ends. Last call activity on Paul's phone. 844. 45 seconds. 844.49 seconds, camera turned on, location near Red Roof Building on Moselle Road. This must be the video. Camera turns on for around 50 seconds, recording the video of the Labrador's tail in the kennel. Three voices are heard in the footage. That's the, the, the video that got put Alec Murdoch at the kennel. So at 848, we have a text to Megan. Star is born is the movie. The last text Paul sends from his phone. At 8.48, 29 seconds, text from Megan, no need. No, I need something happy. 8.48, text from Megan, don't like watching sad movies. 8.48, 59 seconds, both texts from Megan read. 
but no further activity recorded. So at 8.49, 35 seconds, incoming text from Rogan, see if you can get a good picture, uh, unread. 8.49, Paul's battery has 2%, but, it, but it, that would not affected him reading the text. Eight, uh, 9.59, text from Rogan, yo, unread. 10.14, Paul's phone battery dies. The prosecution says that Paul died at 8.50, Maggie died around 30 seconds later, all, all around 8.50 in the p.m. So you can do what you will with that. One other little thing I, I pulled up was that Alex Murdoch's steps were recorded by his phone on the night of the murder. You can take what you will with this. 642 to, to 643, 57 steps, so not much activity. 652 to 702, 283 steps. Um, 703 to 711, 165 steps. 715 to 721, 200 steps. 728 to 737, 47 steps. 741 to 789 steps. 755 to 805, 270 steps. 805 to 809, 74 steps. Now, we know that no movement on Alex's phone for almost an hour. Prosecution says that Murdoch killed Maggie and Paul at 8.50. So 8.10, basically... No activity from 810 and boom, 902 to 906. We've got that 283 steps. Was that him running back to the from the kennel to the house? Because we know for a fact that Paul walked from the house to the kennel at around 830 and that was 283 steps. Make what you will of that. I found that timeline extremely extremely interesting because if you believe it and you almost have to now there's a little bit of margin there that these phones aren't entirely always accurate but for the most part if you believe alex murdoch didn't do it or wasn't around when it happened you have to think that he was literally walking to his house or at his house when it happened so it had to happen before he left to go to his mother's. If you believe the 8.50 time of death, then Murnau was right next to Paul six minutes earlier. One thing I do about the 59 steps on, on Maggie's phone at nine uh, 8.53, could that have been... She heard the shots with Paul at 8.53, or, you know, it was 8.53, 8.59, but could she have heard the shots, and that's her maybe running, and then he kills her, or whatever. Because from looking at the phone, they were looking at text seconds before they were shot. So they didn't see it coming. It was an ambush. But you have to kill one first. You can't kill them both at the same time if you believe in one shooter. How are you? That's the only question I have is, you know, you got, according to Maggie's phone, let's take Paul's. According to Paul's phone, he's making texts and doing this, making videos, and then boom, gone. We're talking about he's making texts seconds before he supposedly he's killed. So it's a surprise. Okay, but Maggie's not right next to him. She's a little bit away. 
that does she not hear that shot? Does, she, does that not throw a flag to her? Does she not take off running? Does she not hide? How was she almost instantly shot and killed? Like Paul. Was there two people? Was it just Alex? Did he shoot Maggie and she walked 59 steps trying to get away to where she laid? Were they standing together? Because we know he used two different guns. Well, let's say this. We know two different guns were used. We know two people were shot almost simultaneously. And we know that neither one of them seen it coming. This case bugs me. It, it's hard. I've watched the man talk, and maybe he's just a sociopath. And and parents have killed their kids, and there's evil out there. But we, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. I felt genuine remorse or genuine hurt. I don't want to say remorse because it would be like he feels bad for what he's done. I, I, I don't know. All I wanted to do was to give you this information that I found that caused me, this information right here would be the only information that would cause me to stop and say, maybe he did it. This is the closest thing to a smoking gun, in my opinion, other than, I'm not talking about the thefts or the hiding the line, the bullshit, blah, people go on about that. Uh, I'm not, that means shit to me. I want evidence about murder, not fraud, not lying, not this. He's a shitty fucking person. I don't give a fuck about any of that. I'm talking about a man that fucking brutally murdered his wife and his fucking son. Shot them in the face. I wanted to give you this information. This case is troubling. But take it. Tell me what you think about it. This is going to be the boring part of the podcast. Instagram. Twitter. The Weekly Podcast. Uh, TikTok. Reach out to us. If you got a story you want to hear, give us your opinion. I want to hear it. Email us at dubweeklypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, there's links on Twitter, everywhere else, Instagram. You can kick or ca click our cash app, send us a little bit of money to help us do this full time. If not, no big deal. I appreciate it. Have a great day. We love you. This is The Weekly Podcast.